Warning, the following podcast is meant for comedy. We do not condone or support any criminal activity or crimes mentioned. Enjoy yourself. Boils and ghouls. <laughs> Pretty good. It's good. Yeah, that was <laughs> Welcome to the show. The way it trailed off, it kind of made me think of uh, Tales from the Crypt. That's what I was going for. And one of my favorite, like, I throw in random discs from random seasons all the time just to, like, let it play through and stuff. And with the smile on my face sometimes i actually like have an audible chuckle but like when he does his laugh and it's like yeah, in the crib then there's just this faint see <laughs> <laughs> every time so welcome to the show i'm eric and i'm scotty and this is true criminals it's a weekly podcast where we talk to regular people about the crimes they've committed so we have a guest coming up we're going to call him Dr. Mario. <laughs> okay. Now, I don't want to... That's not I, what I called him. <laughs> I, I don't want to... I haven't edited the episode yet. Okay. So just to be clear to everybody, um, it took a while for Dr. Mario to figure out exactly what the... PhD, you know, teaches at Berkeley, I guess. Uh, it took him a while to figure out, like, we're not trying to get you arrested. Does he teach at Berkeley? I don't know. He might have been a homeless guy. That was just kind of a joke because he like mentions Be- Berkeley a million times. <laughs> I don't want to. Okay, we'll we'll go over the interview after. Okay, <laughs> after we play sorry. The interview. <laughs> but don't don't turn tune it off. Don't turn away because I'm I'm sure by the time I'm done editing it. It's going to be a masterpiece. It might be the best episode. Oh, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> That's not even funny. He's going to be like, hi. And I'm like, that was the episode. <laughs> <laughs> I once burned down a school. I was, oh, uh, talk to you later. <laughs> I was, it was several, several years ago. I was babysitting some kids of a friend. And I put in the Lion King, and I guess they'd never seen it. And like, it does the whole birth of Simba and the yeah. song and everything. And then it's like, doo doo. And it says Lion King. And I was like, all right, bedtime. And turned it off and pretended like that was the movie. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah that's, who knows? That might be what you get. I don't know. <laughs> Let's just say that, you know, there was a little, I, I was a little apprehensive about bringing Dr. Mario on as a guest, anyways. Uh, some of the correspondence was a little a little different from what I would say some of our other guest correspondence has been. And, you know, not, nothing wrong with, uh, you know, we're not trolling the gutters here trying to bring up people from the depths saying, tell us your, your worst criminal offenses. We've had plenty of people on with varying levels of education and degrees. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> I, feel, I was a little apprehensive. I, but since the beginning of the show, since the beginning of the show, I've always said, we, we'll talk to anybody. doesn't matter. We'll, <laughs> everybody's committed a crime, and we'll find it. Yeah. It, but it's some of, that, some of that requires the guests to understand and participate. But, you know, and another thing, it's not like we don't align with Dr. Mario politically. I mean, a lot of stuff, 
there was a lot of that in there, and you know, this is not a political podcast. And I mean, like the stuff that we've talked about, especially you know, like plenty of the things that were po- political things that were brought up, uh, you know, could easily drift into who's the real criminal. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I will talk about. You know, I, I, I wish I was entertaining enough and knew enough about politics to sit around here and talk about what, you know, a garbage bag Joe Manchin is and how he looks like a werewolf mid-transition, but that does not make him cool for some reason. I mean, yeah, it's, I could go, we could sit here and do that all day, but it, that's not what the show is. <laughs> show is it, it, I don't know. Like, And if it comes up naturally, I don't mind talking about it, but yeah. it seemed fairly forced. Oh yeah, yeah. I would say that. And there's, I'm going to say a lot more after after we play. Yeah, it. yeah. I got. But I got yeah, he's <laughs> to say about this interview. <laughs> but he wasn't. I, I'm going to say he was a nice guy. <laughs> yeah, I mean he wasn't. I think if we were at his age, we'd find him very pleasant. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. Yeah, no, I don't. <laughs> I, not that I found him unpleasant. I didn't find him unpleasant. So, any new crimes? Um, no, I was going to mention one I forgot to mention about another drink that I tried to steal and didn't get away with. I didn't get caught. I just didn't get to steal the drink while I made an attempt. Like, so, like you uh, you bailed on the mission? or No, I made the attempt and then stopped halfway through when I realized it wasn't going to work. Yeah, that's a so. bail. <laughs> you just... <laughs> Gave the definition of bailing. <laughs> okay, I bailed. Okay, so for 18th anniversary just passed, uh, my wife and I, we bought tickets to this haunted mansion. Like a fancy haunted mansion party. Um, and it was at a mansion, and yeah, they you like had to dress like either in fancy cocktail attire or period piece attire. For the theme, and you know, everybody, everybody did well. You know, there was nobody, I saw one guy in a t-shirt. Everybody else was, you know, pretty fancy dressed, mild makeup, nobody going in there. Okay. I did see Harry and Lloyd from Dumb and Dumber, but technically they were fancy dressed version. The the suits, the fancy pink and light blue suit. So other than that, most people fancy dressed. Nice party. Uh, We bought VIP wristbands. They came with like a free, you got a free cocktail, uh, cocktail glass when you're done. And you got five free drinks. The The wristband they gave you had pull tabs on it. I don't know if you've ever seen that. It's the first time I've ever seen it. So it it's a plastic wristband, but it has easily tear away pull tab, like tabs that have pictures of drinks on them. And that's what you drop in the bartender's like tip thing, and they give you your drink. Bartenders were not paying attention to shit. They were just looking at the drinks. They were... Some of them are pretty bad bartenders, so they were just like barely paying attention. They were, I think, they were intentionally making the lines long, just because there actually wasn't that much spooky stuff at this haunted mansion. It was mostly walk around to get your free drinks into the different themed rooms and stuff. So, I yeah went through, pulled off my tabs, pulled off my tabs. I realized they're not paying for drinks, and we went through this one guy's line, and he was like the worst bartender ever horrible bartender my wife and i discussed it a little bit i was like they're not paying attention i could just pretend to put one of these tabs in their thing or not do it at all and just walk up and when they'd probably just hand me a drink and so yeah when i got to my final tab i walked up to that same bartender again and i did 
my well, I took my wife's tab and mine, threw hers in there and held on to mine, and then like I thought he looked, and so then he starts to fix her drink, and the lines were dead at this point, and then he's like looks again, and so I like I I, I figured he knew, so I gave up. I like reached into my pocket and found a dollar, threw that in the tip jar, <laughs> and threw in the tab. So I pretended like, oh, I, I was, yeah, I got stuck because I was like, oh, do I have a tip? I, yeah, I played it off like I was thinking about about giving him a tip, and I ended up tipping him. So I, I kind of not only like bailed on my free drink, but then ended up paying for it. Yeah, you're not a true criminal at all. <laughs> What's the opposite of that? That's a cheater pen. (laughs) (laughs) Might not even be cheater pen level. (laughs) No. You you followed all the rules and then threw a little extra cash on top. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So it was an attempt. I made an attempt at a crime and I failed. Which, if I had tried my my, my free drink trick earlier in the evening, I would have got it. But I waited to the end. Um, all right, so I sent you a picture earlier. Now, this is going to be like show news, I suppose. Okay. Okay, so we got a direct message on the socials, and it was that picture that I sent to you. Okay. Did you look at it? Yeah, I don't think I understood it. Yeah, yeah, I didn't quite understand it. I read it first thing this morning, so I was half asleep. Tell me what you think. It does make sense, though? Like, you've got it? I don't know. Read it, and what do you think? Am I reading it out loud? Yeah, read it out loud and describe what it is. Okay. When the people of Wuhan are wondering why there's only one plane coming in, coming to disinfect the city, and it's the blinking guy meme in three panels slowly getting more saturated with light, and he's wearing a mask. Yeah. I didn't even know that was the blinking guy meme. I don't know what that is. But the whole thing is a meme, I guess. It's a new meme made out of a pre-existing meme, I suppose. And it says, when the people of Wuhan, yeah, realize there's only one plane coming to disinfect the city. And so I, I assume the white light that's so slowly saturating this blinking guy, which is a white man in a mask who has, like, sandy brown hair. It's so, the I blinking mean, guy. Yeah, yeah, your typical Wuhan resident. Uh, he's being saturated in heavy white light slowly, which I assume is, like, nuclear blast. Yeah. <laughs> Like oh oh okay okay I get it now the people of Wuhan these white sandy brown haired people look up in their masks and say why are they only sending one plane to disinfect the city oh no it's nuclear holocaust my first thought is okay so this is supposed to be like a Republican or right wing meme that's like haha look we're gonna blow up the people of Wuhan for for some yeah because of COVID. Right? Yeah. I mean, it's not clear. I, mean, I like I get it now that you've explained it, but like I don't really feel dumb for not getting it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I said, first time I looked at it, I was I, I didn't get it. I was like, uh, what's it supposed to mean? I was like, I don't know. And it was sent to the True Criminals uh, uh, page directly, so I was like, what the fuck is this supposed to mean? And I was like, is this like a because we like you know in, as we were talking about earlier with our guests coming up. Yeah, we we lean with uh, to the left along with this guest. We it's come up on the show, so it's not something we're hiding. But we're not, it's not what the show's about. We're not out here just you know. Yeah, we'll laugh at Marjorie Taylor Greene being an idiot. 
So <laughs> why would someone send that to us? <laughs> so so my first thought was, are we like, is it confusing? Is it confu- Or did someone just thought we'd think it was funny? Is there a criminal element there? I guess it would be completely criminal if you like dropped a nuclear bomb on the people of Wuhan. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, has there been talks about it? Or... <laughs> <No>. <laughs> like, like, is this up for debate? <laughs> Oh yeah, has there been talks about us nuking Wuhan? No, people people don't yeah. even mention Wuhan anymore. Like when, when right. before Trump lost the election, he kept trying to yeah, really focus in on Wuhan so that people associated it with the coronavirus. But nobody said I haven't heard the the word Wuhan until this meme in like six months. Yeah, I think the last time I heard it was when uh, Rand Paul was like trying to become a celebrity feuding with Fauci. Yeah, yeah. So, and then my my second thought. Okay, so I thought, okay, well, whoever doesn't get the show, maybe they thought we'd like this. Maybe they thought it was funny and they're trying. My second thought, though, was it's antagonistic. Oh, yeah. Hey, fuck you guys. You you libs. Fucking here's a Wuhan joke. (laughs) Which is a fucking... It's not... I'm not saying it's a bad joke like you're... Like, oh, it's not cool to make Wuhan jokes. You know, fuck, if you got a good one, tell me. <laughs> yeah, that's not a good one. <laughs> that, that's the problem. You don't get to call it a joke. <laughs> yeah, so the other thing is that, like, oh, or did you just send it to me? You just sent me the blinking guy meme? I sent you a few. Like, it's a pretty, okay. pretty popular thing. Yeah, I was not familiar with this. But apparently you can throw a mask on him and then pretend he's from Wuhan citizen. <laughs> so. Yeah, it seems like there's like Asian memes that you could have used. <laughs> or I don't know. It's just a whole thing. There's so much that like bothers me about it. Is because I do I, I do start started to wonder. I was like, is it someone trying to be a dick and say, "Hey, fuck you guys"? Yeah, I hope this upsets you, you fucking snowflakes. Which <laughs> I guess I'm bothered more about how fucking stupid it is <laughs> than about the uh, yeah than about like the oh yeah own the libs thing because I've heard before people say libs can't meme and stuff like that and I'm like eh, most of the hilarious memes I see are fucking dogging you know the right those are the best ones yeah and then yeah the ones I see like this from the right i'm like they're fucking dumb they're they're like well i mean like the thing with comedy is that there has to be like an element of truth behind it yeah so that's that's why right-wing comedy is such a fucking flop is because they're trying to make out a joke out of something that in most cases has no like layers of fucking story behind it to begin with that's weird it's weird i don't understand what it means but Oh yeah. So there's that. That was show news. We got that's yeah. That's odd. It is odd. I don't. I do feel it's criminal. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's criminal. Maybe maybe he was like, uh, hey, this makes maybe he made it himself. He's like this makes no sense. I'm gonna fuck with them and make them overthink it. <laughs> maybe it's a crime against comedy. Is what it is. That's what it is. Yeah. Okay, so I got one more thing to share before we play the interview. Now, uh, I'm going to tell you a story. This is like a Halloween story. 
And there's crying. Okay. I'm going to say I was 14 years old. I like it already. Me and some friends were out. You know, uh, my, the bad element of kids that, I, that really corrupted me when I was younger. Uh, we were too old to trick or treat. So we were just kind of out. Uh, we probably smashed some pumpkins and stuff, but we're roaming around. I think we did knock some doors. Not in costume, though. Knock some doors, try to get people that would gripe at us to give us some candy. A couple people did anyways. They were like, hey, here, take some candy, you fucking teenagers, and get out of here. Yeah, a couple people turned us away. Uh, so then we're trying to figure out what to do for the night. We're walking down an alley, and we kind of start egging each other on. Like, hey, hey, I dare you to fucking throw a, throw a stick through this window back behind someone's house. We're in the, we're in an alley. And, yeah, we're kind of like, oh, yeah, you do it. Oh, I'll do it. And so I just grabbed the stick, and I fucking flung it through this window, back window of this house. Busted the glass. Everybody freaked out. We took off running. Okay. Laughed about it. Ha ha. Went about our life. A year later, Halloween again, me and possibly the same group of friends, at least some of them, walking down the... The bad elements? At least some of the same kids, but I'm not saying there might have been a new member to the group or replaced one. I'm sorry. I, I, I don't mean to slow down your story or anything, but when you said bad elements at the beginning of it... Spent most of your storytelling thinking about like a a dark group of planeteers, <laughs> the bad elements. Are, is there a group of planeteers called the bad elements? There should be. I don't know. Is there a dark Captain Planet? There should be. Because somebody would have to call. I hope so. There probably is. I'll look into that... it, and if not, we're gonna. You guys can look forward to our fan fiction. Conservative Captain Planet. <laughs> Planet. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, anyways. We're walking down the same alley, poss- most likely the same group of friends, if not, you know, a new character or two, but we start to do that thing again, like, oh, fucking the house, and then a different kid grabbed a stick, threw it through that fucking window, broke this window again, and then, like, ah, we all laugh, run off again. Another year goes by, <laughs> walking down that alley again, and then uh, a third kid grabbed a stick, threw it through the window. Busted out this same house, same window. We all laughed, took off running. Three years in a row. I was probably 14, nice. 15, 16. We've got, we've got a couple things, you know. Uh, one, like, you're saying sticks. Like, uh, how big were they? I, I think the first one might have been, like, because the alleys where people drop off their trash. Uh, yeah. And so I think the first one might have been, like, a old broom handle or something. Okay. I think... And you like speared yeah, it through. Speared it through. Uh, next one, who knows? Could have been a branch or something. And the third year might have been a rock. I mean, I don't know. I just know that three years in a row, window broken. The one I can clearly remember is the one I speared through. But I was the first one. Like, oh, I'm. Yeah, you guys are just talking about fucking breaking windows. I'm breaking windows. And then the next year, they all followed my followed my example. Now they're all in prison or dead. But. Nice. Also, uh, I would have really enjoyed that story if, like, year two, you guys were like, hey, Eric, remember that time you did that? And then to outdo you, they threw two sticks through the window. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And then the third year, someone burned the house down. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I just, I think about that every now and again, because I'm sure those people don't live there anymore. I could find the house, though. I bet I could find it. 
<laughs> I do wonder, like, could I go there in my 40s now and be like, hey, man, remember about 30 years ago <laughs> you had some windows that just kept blowing out on Halloween night? That was me. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> but Or what if you just went and... Oh, what if I did again? <laughs> on the stick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, some, some grown man now who was a kid frightened by it when he was... <laughs> <laughs> or maybe he's wait Tie a note to it that says, like, happy anniversary. Or he's been waiting there, like, fucking Halloween 2018. He's got a shotgun. <laughs> <laughs> he's been waiting for me to come back all these years. He knew I'd come back. Yeah, he should have, like, gone to the alley and just started, like, making sure there were no sticks around <laughs> that might have been a good I guess he didn't know the first year like, oh that old broomstick <laughs> maybe, they thought, maybe they thought the wind blew that one in I threw that out wind must have blown it back <laughs> but the, the second and third year was, who knows Though, so part of the reason I tell this story is I, I'd been planning to bring this one up on a closer to Halloween you, you had some technical issues while we were recording with Dr. Mario, I could tell you were glitching a little bit, and so yeah, the commentary is a little bit less on your end, and then you eventually like popped and disappeared. And we ended the interview very quickly after. However, just to get some something out of this guest, I was like, "Hey man, what do you think of this?" <laughs> so I told him that story, and then he was like, "Yeah, it makes me think of my book in this chapter and Trump." <laughs> I was like, Damn it, man. So, he gotcha. I don't know. I may cut that part out where I tell him because otherwise you'll hear the story twice. <laughs> but I wanted to see. I'll, when I'm editing, I'll see which version's better. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe like when you do edit the interview, just kind of uh, put in like insert window story. Yep, I can do. Yeah, put that insert, and then you'll just remember this or. Close your eyes and remember the time I just told that story five minutes ago. Because it's I'm going to edit his hour and a half interview down to five minutes. <laughs> All right. To the interview. No, we're not as weird as you think we are. But you guys are. <laughs> yeah. Well, tell us all your thoughts on abortion. <laughs> soft on abortion <laughs> All yeah, right, so, our, um, so our Texans when they need one <laughs> uh, Scott are you, you recording? I am yeah okay so yeah I'm good to go so welcome to the show um, you got the gist of the show you know yeah yeah about. yeah I mean we could stray off to whatever um, we typically give our guests like a like a handle based off an old video game I don't know how much of an old gamer you are i'm a new gamer i only got into gaming on vr i'm terrible oh, really yeah i'm yeah i i missed that whole era i'm 65 oh. and I, and there were plenty of people my age who did get into it but i didn't well i mean we can give you something classic or we can give you if you're in the I oculus think, Rift. i think you should give me the most abusive one you can i think you should <laughs> find one that really really uh, uh fucks with my sense of self you know <laughs> But we'll, we'll toss it around. I mean, you're a PhD, right? I am a PhD. So is okay. there one that's got doctor in it? There's Dr. Mario. It's a puzzle game. Perfect. Perfect. I'm Dr. Mario. Okay. Hey, um, um, so, yeah, we talk to regular people about crimes that they've committed. 
And so, Scotty and I, we're true criminals. We've definitely committed some crimes. We've both been to jail before. In fact, I just got out of court a few hours ago. <laughs> oh, is that true? Yeah, yeah. It's a ticket. It was just a weird ticket that I'm kind of fighting. Yeah, so my, so, so my life is, as we've already discussed, my life is probably too tame for you guys. But I have, but I, um, but I have a lot to say about moral crimes, something in between uh, clinical diagnosis and criminology. And I also have a good story from when I was seven about uh, 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 that. I mean, it has won awards. This this story has about okay. about a crime I did at seven. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. If you want to jump into that, we can uh, we can get going. Yeah, well, sounds good. Let's take it. All right. So, what happened when you were seven? Oh, are we already on? Yeah, we're on. Hot damn. <laughs> okay. So, um, I lived on the south side of Chicago. I had three brothers and uh, two parents. My dad was a success in business. Who he ran his own business, and every year he would have um, all of the top executives come to the house and have a meeting in the living room. And when that would happen, we kids were told not to use the downstairs bathroom which was right off from the playroom. So we were ten, We tended to use it. So I'm seven years old, and I'm a really law-abiding citizen. Unlike some people, I just wanted to follow the letter of the law. So I go down to that bathroom, and I lay down a couple of foot-long floaters, and just as, <laughs> I, just as I'm going to flush, I realize that I had violated the law. So I reach into the toilet and pull out these yeah. two turds, and I... Uh, <laughs> move uh, I, I migrate them upstairs right by the open door of the meeting so here i am the seven-year-old carrying two turds in his hand like this um and i uh take them upstairs i happen to meet my mom on the stairs and uh she guides me carefully up the carpeted stairs while these things are dripping in my hands and uh and uh, we, we, we send them off a bon voyage um, in the upstairs toilet. And she explained to me the difference between the letter and the spirit of the law. Because um, I was trying to follow the letter of the law. And actually, the spirit was more important, which included don't drip uh, turd juice on the carpet <laughs> while you're going upstairs. So when I taught psychology, I would always end a course with this story. And I would hold up in front of be that we they became, I was teaching at a private school, so every student in the school had to take my psych course, and this became the gesture for someone who had taken my course, because it was about the course was about dealing with doubts about, um, and one of the doubts we dealt with was the letter and the spirit of the law, so that's my so story. <laughs> for uh, this is audio only, so for list people listening he's making a gesture like he's holding two turds that's right on the one <laughs> hand on the other hand because <laughs> both of them can be turds the law the letter of the law can be a turd the spirit of the law can be a turd and and um yeah it, this was at a private digital arts college and uh, one student was so fascinated by the story that he made an animation of it um, <laughs> yeah, yeah so so the, so um other than that the, i mean the only other crimes i did get in on um a Ponzi scheme, which was illegal. I didn't realize it at the time. I was kind of naive. Didn't get any trouble for that. And I did spend seven days in jail, but um, oh. that was for protesting uh, uh, nuclear weapons. So, oh. Let's hear that. Let's I'm, a, hear that. I'm a bit of a weenie. I'm sorry, you guys. I just wish I could. I wish I could come up with more. If you if you can wait an hour, I could go out and do a crime. That might. Work. Oh, well, I mean, I would certainly promote that, but. 
no, nah, let's hear about your arrest. I mean, as far as like crimes go, we're not looking for malicious people. Most people, all the people we're talking to are actually good people. You know, it's your regular everyday people. And you know, if you were arrested for protesting, you pro- were you breaking the law? Yeah, we were, but but I was arrested. So they had to set up a whole tent city. I was part of a thousand. I was part of an a thousand person crew that was sitting in uh, to block uh, some train moving through. So it was very systematic. They had to set up a tent city. Um, it was more of a party than it was incarceration. Uh, they separated the men and the women, and it lasted for seven days. And then we were released, all of us. Uh, okay, so your j- your jail was a tent city. Yeah, it was not. Yeah, I was never in a jail. I have never been in a jail cell. I don't know what that's like. I've I've got a son who's spent some time there, but uh, but I haven't myself. And this son actually turned me on to all my work. I do a whole lot of work on a kind of criminality that I call psychoproctology. Um, that is, I study assholes. Um, I just finished writing a book on it called "What's Up with Assholes: How to Spot and Stop Them Without Becoming One." Um, very interested in that, and I can, and I'm in, I'm particularly interested in asshole rhetoric. That is how people behave when they're assholes, um, and also um, how people fail to stop assholes by pretending that they're uh, living by moral laws in a way that I don't think works. So there's that so, too. So what do you think about Ted Cruz? I think he's a total asshole. I, um, and I would say that even if he pandered to me, that is, if he if he if he was pandering to me the way he's pandering to his crew, I would still think he's a total asshole. My work is non-denominational. I mean, I I know Buddhist assholes. I know left wing assholes. I know right wing assholes. I think we're going through an a, uh, asshole epidemic right now. That is, I, I think that I think the Trump cult is a cult. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, and and. So that's been a great inspiration. I've been writing this book while through the whole Trump cult epidemic. And I also believe there are counter cults. So um, uh, often a cult will inspire a counter cult. So I do see problems with um, the kind of virtual signaling political correctness that you might find more of in Berkeley. Um, I, I, I think all versions of woke don't work. And I don't think there's a bigger woke movement right now than the Trump cult. I think it's the biggest woke movement around by far. Mm. Uh, woke isn't, it's not about, none of this is about what you believe or, or claim to believe. I don't think that assholes actually believe anything. Uh, they just they just know how to method act so that they can, they, they sound like whatever they care about. Yeah. You know, they, it, it, uh, Trump's all other concerns. But um, it, yeah, so- so well, they wouldn't contradict themselves so often if they, yeah, yeah, but that's all the beliefs. That, yeah. yeah, I feel like a big portion of them are just contrarians that like want to go against the grain and are willing to make fools out of themselves doing it. Yeah, I was thinking just this morning that most of these people would find themselves disgusting uh, if if their former selves met their present selves. They'd think, "What the fuck's going on with this guy?" Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, this is this is and. That's the effect of so this is beyond psychopathy, beyond narcissism. It's something else. I call it Trumpotic. Um, that is, it's robotically playing fake Trump cards. Um, that you know, in this book, I spend about 200 pages trying to get at what's really going on with these people. I don't think they're narcissists. I don't think that. 
I don't think they can afford to look at themselves. I think that, that they have very weak senses of self, but they don't need a, a sense of self. It would only get in the way. They, they just have this robotic habit of saying whatever makes them feel heroic in the moment, and they don't have to worry at all about being consistent. And it's the ultimate liberation. That is, that is you know, we say crime doesn't pay. That, that's bullshit. Crime pays if, if, we, let it, if, we, if we let it. Um, it takes major effort to keep crime from paying. And the same is true for being an asshole. That is, playing, yeah, yeah. playing a god is way easier than being human. Um, and so if you can get away with it, you will. And these people, have, you know, these people get away with it. So I'm trying to figure out how to yeah. keep them from getting away with it. I stole a soda from Taco Bell a few days ago. You did? That, now, wait a second. Maybe. Did you steal a can Taco Bell? You, you nasty, nasty boy. So <laughs> did, you, did you just go back for a refill? Is that what you did? No, no. I told, I told this story on the last episode, but uh, I forgot to order a drink at, when I was at the digital key. A likely and, story. <laughs> and then when I realized that, I didn't want to go back to the digital kiosk. So I walked up to the counter and they were kind of ignoring me. So I told the next person that walked by, hey, I forgot my soda. And they just handed me a cup. Uh-huh. So, okay. But, okay. But when crime pays. See, right? crime pays. That's right. Yeah, that's right. No. <laughs> yeah, but, they, but that soda wasn't good for you. It wasn't. No. No, nothing there. No, but, <laughs> no, I love Taco Bell. I am a serious fan of the Crunchwrap. Um, you got to eat them right away or else the crunch is gone. But I, I am a fan. Yeah. yeah, but I, I do I do love that place. It's Of all the fast food places, that's my favorite. I had a Crunchwrap. That's one of the things I got. Okay, so, we, so we've got that part of the story. Now I want to know. <laughs> um, have you lost sleep over your crime? What? No, no. Of course not. <laughs> no, I don't think I've... The only time I lost sleep over a crime was when I was actually arrested and I was having trouble sleeping in a jail cell. <laughs> okay, do you, do you know how many days you've been in a jail cell? I'm, I'm interviewing you I've, by the... I've, I've never spent a full day. I've never spent more than eight, nine hours in jail. And would so, you say you've, uh, you've grown up or straightened up uh, at all since the age of 18 or are you about the same guy you were? Oh, no, I'm, I'm way different. Yeah, Right on, you know? right on. <laughs> yeah. Most everything we talk to and all the people we talk to on here is always, it's 90% of the time it's people just telling stories of when they were in that, yeah, transition age, fresh out of high school, something like that. Yeah. And they were just fucking around, running out there, being the shit. And then, yeah. Like, they're better now, so... Yeah, so, and to that extent, crime doesn't pay. That is, that's the whole point, is we got to show that actually this doesn't work. Um, you know, I have three kids, and two of them bickered endlessly. And their bickering was just stupid. I mean, you know that. I, you, you've seen that in kids. But I figure that's all trial and error learning. They're, they're learning what just doesn't work. Um, and the same would be true at 18 or so. Um, yeah, my, my firstborn's a, a, a guy that, that, that he he was in a lot of trouble young, and the head of psychiatry at Children's Hospital said, this is a kid who will never understand the meaning of or else. And we thought, that's a ridiculous thing to say about a 16-year-old. Well, he's 41 now, and I would say that, that that prediction actually bore out. That's very rare. Uh, most people, for most people, it's just a phase. But this guy's he's been wild a long time. Um and I, yeah, so maybe he'll come around, but, but 41's kind of late. 
you know yeah you get yeah, your no, groove I, and that's that's your groove yeah my son turns 18 here in a few days and yeah uh, I'm like, you're just not ready to face the world, man. <laughs> yeah, you well, you know, you, you hear this stuff now about how uh, prefrontal cortex, the part of the brain that deals, that, that enables humans to do the harder thing, doesn't really mature until around 20. So we got, you know, we got all these people walking around with the full power of adults, but without the impulse control that comes later in life for most of us. Yeah, I mean that's part of what that Supreme Court ruling was a while back, where they they vacated all life sentences for anyone under the age of uh, I think it was I think it was just eighteen, maybe. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So they, so they, that makes sense. But yeah, that was the reason why, because the science shows that you're just you're just not developing. Yeah, you're shit for oh, brains for a long time. <laughs> yeah, and also it's a confusing world, and also we're bringing them into a world where there's far more crime tolerated. So that's interesting to see. There's, you know, it's crime tolerated for some people. Yeah, and also some crimes. I mean, obviously, uh, you know, we're, we're the 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 real big white collar crimes are still tolerated to a, a, an extent that um, if we if we don't staunch that thing soon, we're going to be in real trouble. Um, uh, yeah, real soon. <laughs> it's we're we're way behind on that. So. Uh, we usually go through a couple questions. I'm sure you know. Yeah, don't won't have an answer for a lot of these, but just running through them anyways. Um, never really been arrested, kinda, but not really. Me, no, yeah, yeah. Have you? I, I have a question. Uh, okay. You, you said that your uh, your you have a son that was arrested, and he kind of inspired your work and your writing and stuff. Yeah. He inspire it by being an asshole, or? Uh, yeah, so th this is <laughs> so this is a delicate topic because oh, I mean, okay. no, I mean for a number of reasons. One is that until recently, when he really escalated with me, um, I I didn't talk about him at all. So it, you know, I just write this whole I just wrote this whole book about assholes, and no, he's not in there at all. Um, okay. But uh, but he was um, he is my asshole muse, and um, and uh, and. <laughs> And he set up a bind for me. So he's my firstborn son. I'm supposed to love him unconditionally. I'm proud of this guy. He's my pride and joy. And he happens to be born with, it's ambiguous, but I would say by now that he was born with mental disabilities that do not inspire sympathy. So you can end up with a kid with autism or, uh, you know, all sorts of disabilities that make you, make it obvious you have to accommodate this guy. You know, yeah. if you got a if you got a son who's blind, you're not going to kick him for being blind. So the the bind I was in was about whether he was um, handicapped or indulgent. And if gotcha. he's handicapped, you accommodate him. If he's indulgent, you push him. Because my got my job as a role is to love him unconditionally and to make sure he doesn't grow up to be an asshole. That's my civic duty. Yeah. Is I've got to do that, and that's quite the bind. And then eventually it got to where uh, I added the, I added a third category. So is it that he can't change? Is it that he won't change? That is, he could change, but he's indulgent. Or is it that he shouldn't change? He's just of a different culture than mine. And each of those points to an opposite response. If he's handicapped, you accommodate him within the relationship. If he's indulgent, you push him within the relationship. If he is just marching to a different drummer, let him live and let live elsewhere. That is, you get out of relation with him. And I would add a fourth category right now, which is didn't change. That is, I don't know what happened. 
he blames me for everything wrong in his entire life. And this after never actually having never take never listening to any of my advice, but now he blames me for the whole thing. So at this point, you know, maybe he's right. Maybe it was all my fault. Uh, I don't know what happened. All I know is that he didn't change. He still could. I keep a little bit. The, the door the door is a little ajar for him changing. But at this point, he's been so relentless. Like three years ago, I told him, look, I'm not I'm not even going to respond to anything you say anymore until you talk to me like an adult to an adult instead of so, playing the, the, the parent to me, lecturing me or playing the petulant brat, which, by the way, is a trademark of assholes. That is, they play prude and punk. No deed too dirty for saints like them. They'll they'll shame you for not living up to morality, and then they'll laugh at you about caring for morality. You see this perfectly in the Trump's, Trump campaign. So I, I told him that, and you know, ever since then, it's been nothing but prude and punk with me, you know, pope and punk. And so at this point, so yeah. When, when, um, so a lot of what you're saying, and I've thought about this a lot myself, um, it makes me think of like, so you've got people that eventually turn out to be rock stars, you know? Yeah. And then when you see their biography or something, they're like, they were, that's exactly how they were. They grew up, although all of a sudden the doors opened for them and their talent helped them stay that way. And then they became something else and everybody loves them. Right. And then every time I see that, I'm, I always think, but there's 10,000 other kids out there that never became the right. famous, famous artist of any sort. And they had that attitude, but then they never became they exactly never or a, got the. Yeah, that's a really important, important. So we, we hear these interviews with the superstars and they ask, what was your secret? And they said, perseverance. I really I, I just stuck to it. I knew I was going to be a success. If you interviewed the failures and said, what's the secret to your failure? It'd be the same damn thing. <laughs> I stuck with it. You know, I was dedicated. I was sure I was going to make it. Um, yeah, that's just kind of built into it. Um, and and I also think there's a huge market for assholes. That is, what would a human being want? They'd want to be completely free and completely safe. They'd want to be able to, uh, they'd want the status where they could do no wrong, and they'd want to be able to do whatever wrong they want. So as a result, we throw heroes up the pop chart. I mean, that's what you'll get in our culture now is successes who are badasses and popular. That would be what we would want in a society. That's what people wish they were. So I think of most, I think of Trump supporters as Trump wannabes. They just want to be that kind of perfectly safe and perfectly free. I call it the wild card, Trump card formula. They can do anything. They got the wild card and whatever they do is always the best. Um, so it's back to your, anything you may have done. Now, have you ever been, were you ever at a high school party? Ever go to a college party? Of course. Have, no, of course. No, and I, and I've been I've been a lifelong stoner. I've been a stoner. You know, I'm, <laughs> okay. I'm from Berkeley. You know, um, and I you know I got stoned for the first time at 14, and get stoned pretty much every night these days. I mean, it's part, it's actually part of my regime now. Uh, at the end of a long day of working in um, in academic scientific research, I'll get stoned. I'll do some VR exercise. See, I I can play games, you guys. Um, not very well. Um, and then and and then I'll spend the evening. I'm a bass player, uh, funk, soul, uh, rock, blues, mostly jazz. Well, I was going to, yeah, I was going to get to that because, I mean, despite the fact not everybody has to get arrested to have committed crimes and plenty of things that are socially acceptable today 
are totally illegal. Uh, yeah, that's right. Example, yeah. Th- yeah, there's no, there's no. Uh, I'm in Texas. There's, you, if you have marijuana here, it is a hundred percent illegal all the way. Yeah, all the way. No medical, no nothing. When you were when you were starting out in your stoner lifestyle and you were partying and whatnot. Yes, I was. Uh, it was it? It wasn't legal wherever you were. Oh no! Right? How <laughs> could it be? No, I'm 65 years old. So we're talking about 1970 or 71. No. Were the drugs better back then? What's that? Were the drugs better back then? Worse, famously worse. Okay. Oh no, well, no, I uh, no. We were we were smoking Mexican seeds and stems. I mean, we were down. It was not. It was not nearly the quality. You know, now I can. Yeah, I can. I'm in Berkeley, so I can get delivery anytime to my house. <laughs> or I can go down the street and find these fabulous boutiques that have all these varieties that are and the and we're now under uh, capitalist constraints, which means that. If you don't if you don't produce high grade stuff, you'll go out of business. Yeah, so, yeah. No, and no, that's right. So it's very easy. But in the nineties, yeah. Well, in the nineties, like I, you know, I'd watch a movie and you'd have somebody on. There'd be like Cheech would be on a show yeah. and he'd be talking about how weed was better in the seventies. Yeah, no, the, maybe, no one. Maybe that was true in the nineties. You know? No, no was, one actually believes that around here. Um, <laughs> that's not the history of it. If, well, if, I'm just if, thinking since the medical and all the legalization has happened, maybe it's just really improved over the past 10 years. Well, okay, that could be. And I and I might have just, um, yeah, it's 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 hard to compare what it, the quality <laughs> yeah. of the stuff you were on before to, to now, unless you were able to do analysis of it. Um, yeah, totally but, but my sense is no, it's only gotten better. And this is, you know, and, and not just since the 90s, but... Um, but it, it's been getting better for a long time um, because, you know, the, 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 yeah, it's always been capitalist. It was capitalist black market before. Now it's uh, uh, it's open market. Being a 14 year old and smoking at an early age and stuff, did you uh, you and your friends ever have to craft your own smoking devices? Oh, of course. No, I was I was of the era that believed the rumor that banana peels will get you high. So I was definitely <laughs> doing that. No, I mean, I still remember the taste of it. And and I can inform your listeners. No, you, can, <laughs> you cannot get high on banana peels. You can have a placebo effect off of all sorts of things. I mean, 90 percent of what's out there that's supposed to give you a better situation, a better state is just it's placebo. I mean, you know, we don't know what works. Um but uh, but yes, we did craft all sorts of things. In fact, when I was 14, um, I was at a wild school. I had come from seven years of yeshiva, which is uh, the Orthodox Jewish uh, Hebrew school. It was wild on the south side of Chicago. And I had turned into such a wreck because this place was so, it was just, I mean, it's, it's a school that was being taught by all sorts of Holocaust victims. These guys were you were know, PTSD. They were stressed out bunnies. They did not make it all look too too attractive to me. And then my parents let me go to a school where you didn't have to attend classes. Um, I went. I didn't have any schooling uh, from seventh through ninth grade. That is, I was in a school, but your your day was completely free, and I and I would spend a lot of it like a uh, independent studies type thing. Yeah, it was it was the most it was the fundamental version of this, which was a school out of Summerhill, uh, out of England called Summerhill. And then the, I was at a direct replica of it. And the way it worked there was that classes were not classes were available, but they were not compulsory. And every decision made 
it by the school. Every policy was made one person, one vote. Uh, whether you're a teacher or a student or a, or a seven-year-old there didn't matter. You were still equal, equal votes on the matter. Um, there were only three fundamental rules, which was no drugs, no TV, no alcohol. And, and sure enough, true to that kid who lifted the turds out of the toilet, I never smoked pot within that school. I never did the drugs there. I would do them on vacations. I would go home with fellow students and we would drop acid or we would do something like that from a young age. Um, but while I was there, what was I doing with my day while other while kids all over the world were learning uh, grammar and math? I was making water pipes, you know. <laughs> What's the most impressive or silliest one you've made? It wasn't impressive at all. Um, it wasn't impressive. It was a double barrel uh, uh, water pipe. And I'm working, with, this is in upstate New York. I'm working with a lovely rural carpenter who was as... as as all American, you know, just what you'd expect from an American guy. Um, uh, and yeah, no, he, he worked for the school and had loosened right up uh, with all these hippie kids. Um, and yeah, so he, he helped me see how to make a double barrel water pipe. Bless his so heart. When you say, I don't actually smoke weed or, uh, and, and haven't since I was like really 16 yeah. is when I did it. And I'm 41 now. I, I am very in the dark. Uh, I'm actually learning a lot about marijuana so you, as we do, but you've, do this you, podcast. You've done it before. Right? Oh, yeah, yeah. I did it plenty of times when I was and, like under 18. And what about alcohol? Do you do that stuff? Uh, I, yeah, I guess I do. You guess. <laughs> <You're> like... <laughs> yeah, people have their different appetites. My, I, I have... Uh, so I Always play drink. a lot of uh, gigs at bars and restaurants, and I'll drink to feel like a grown-up. But no, I don't... The only kind of drinking I like is when uh, I when I can get really drunk. So I was in Russia a couple of years ago lecturing um, at academic institutions, and uh, no, of course, and I and I would spend whole days. I'd walk fourteen miles a day just to see Moscow and all that. And yeah, at night I would I would drink a, a full pint of vodka, write like an Irish poet for an hour, and then fall asleep drooling. Um, you know, but that was a great high. But that's rare for me. Mostly alcohol is not my drug. I, but what, what I wanted to get to was, um, I don't know what you mean by double barrel. I'm, I'm oh, sorry. Like a no, no, a double barrel is that the, the, the smoke goes through one uh, water chamber and then comes out of it and goes into another water chamber to cool it down. Oh. That's all. Nothing more okay. than that. No, I mean, like I say, it was a lame-o pipe. I, I, and yeah, I, obviously, I made, cool. I made pipes out of toilet paper rolls with tin foil. I've made pipes out of apples, you know, um, but it's not it, I'm not a fetishist about that. I'm a fetishist about bass guitars. I have other fetishes, but but the, the, the smoking implicants are not impl uh, implements are not my not a big deal for me. Yeah. And also a lot of folks are doing edibles these days. They're great. It's a different kind of high. So yeah, I did an edible on the show. I drank a, a on the show drink on the show <laughs> today. No, it was, no, it was like a month. Ago, I'm just kidding you. It was a horrible experience. It, yeah, I know a lot of people. <laughs> a lot of people don't like it, and I think it makes people self-conscious. But my well, life I, is kind of weird that way. I'm 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 self-conscious all the time. <laughs> I, I don't think Eric did much like testing the water first because he hadn't like even seen weed in like what 20 years or something it'd been over a decade for sure yeah okay so there you go yeah and then i yeah and then he just jumped in with 
one of the uh, THC drinks. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Yeah, and 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 me. edibles are dangerous because if you uh, if you take too much, there you can really get too much that way. Yeah, yeah, it was too much. <laughs> I, I, I did not like. Ah, it. I just it's thought funny. of another crime. Actually, I just oh thought, yeah, I not thought of another crime. Okay, th- this is good. Okay, <laughs> this is good. So, um, so I am. But I there's a conference that happens off uh, off a coast on an island at a re- religiously owned island, and it's a conference of scientists and religion uh, researchers. So, this island was owned by the Unitarians, and I was called in by the organization that basically rents it for a while to give the closing speech there, which is quite an honor because you've got MacArthur Genius Grant recipient scientists there. You've got heavies. Um, and I'm called in to summarize the whole conference. And I'm there with my daughter and it's uh, miles away from the mainland. Uh, and um, all of my research colleagues and friends are there. And they have a rule there that there's no drugs um, at all. Uh, and if you get caught with drugs there, uh, you'll get next boated, which means they'll ship you off the island. So um, I brought along some yak shit. So I lived for seven years on the world's largest hippie commune. And there we would make this edible product where you grind up pot, mix it with olive oil uh, and turn it and sugar, no olive oil and honey and turn it into a taffy that looks like the poop of a yak. So I I brought along some yak shit um, and was handing it out to people there and being very careful because there were people monitoring all around us. Um, I handed it to the wife of a famous philosopher um, and her sister, and um, and they took it, and they had a good time with it. Uh, I handed it to this one tall guy who said, you didn't give me enough. So I, well, the thing with edible is you got to calibrate it accurately. How much is a proper dose? You don't want to overdose anybody. Um, so because this tall guy said he needed more, I probably gave the two sisters uh, um a bit too much. They went to bed just fine. And in the middle of the night, one of them woke up with a panic attack. And um, as a reason, and they called in the, the administrators, the staff of the Unitarian Island, who called in the Coast Guard. And the Coast Guard came to the island and knocked on the door of everybody who was sleeping alone to make sure everybody was okay. They had no idea what these people, this woman had taken. They knew it was a drug, and these women were careful not to disclose where they'd gotten it from, me, okay? Uh, so um, the next morning I wake up, and one of the sisters calls me aside. You, she said, you better keep your head low today. They are, they are gunning for whoever brought this stuff to the island. They're going to next vote them. This is the day before I'm supposed to give my closing speech at this conference. By 11 o'clock, they'd figured out who I was. They, they called me aside and they said, did you do this thing? And I said, yes. And they said, okay, you're next voted. That means you're off the island and can't come back for three years of conferences. Um, but I'm good friends with the director of the, the whole in, institute where I was supposed to give the closing speech. So what they said was, okay, you, you'll be next voted today, but they're going to ship you back tomorrow morning just to give your presentation. And then you're off the island for three years. Was this the Coast Guard that was talking to you? No, this was the this was the people who run the the island, the, okay. the island itself. So, but the person who got me some extra slack, who cut me the extra slack, was the president of the institute that brought together people who were who basically were okay. renting the island. Um, uh, 
so that's what happened. I was next boated off the island. Uh, the next morning I gave the presentation. It was an interesting experience to be giving this thing with my credibility somewhat shot because I had just been, I mean, I'm basically a fugitive who's come back There's to give the clothes. No, more than yeah, a rumor. Every everybody knew. There was like, you know, everybody 500 knew. people there. Everybody knew who it was. <laughs> yeah. And uh, the, the story gets a little kinkier than that in ways I can't really describe uh, without uh, bringing dishonor. Uh, it was about what happened when me and the two women went off the island together. Um, but the, uh, uh, we stayed at a, a, a lovely mansion together um, that was run that was owned by one of the guys who was at the conference. So that's my biggest crime. And sure enough, when I came back two years later to present my uh, to present at another conference like this, um, I had to. They had to do a um, uh, a criminal record check. Full search. A criminal record check on me that from a site that specialized in in clergy. Huh. So I mean, it was, oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not so clergy they, at all, obviously. But but when you came to the island to give your speech the second time, did they pat you down? They go through your bag? None of that. And actually, it was glorious. I gave a kick-ass closing presentation <laughs> that had everybody rolling in the aisles. It was it it worked out perfectly. It was it was big fun. Um, but yeah, that's that's as close as I get to deeds of daring do, and they're not much. Well, I know they're just kind of lame. You say they're not much, but it's kind of basically you're distributing. And so, I mean, no, it was uh, yeah, uh, good. As I just, I just, I just am trying to live up to the standards of your show. You know, uh, you know, I don't, you, I don't want to come you, across you, as would, a wimp. I'm a guy from. I would tell you by far. To build. <laughs> your your approach to it. I mean, because I based off the stories you've told, I bet we could dig down and find that. I would say that was actually a fairly big crime. Yeah, I, I think you get like a gold star just for anybody who has to be boated off. Thank you. Good. Thank you. I feel I feel better because I want to I want to feel like I belong in any crowd I'm in. And, and with you guys, I, I didn't want to feel like some some lame. I, I would say the thing you got to do, is Mr. Gotta... Mr. Dr. Demeanor, <laughs> because we we had a guest who uh, was deported from Beijing for having like less than a gram of weed. And, oh, no uh, joke. They're, they're oh, yeah. serious over there. No, I was over there three years ago, also lecturing, and um, no, it's quite tight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so he didn't understand that. So, it, but like your story is essentially, I don't know how much weed you distributed out. It was yak shit. It was tiny. It was tiny amounts, and it only to people who wanted it. Um, I know whether they wanted it or not. I mean, no. that's what all drug that's what all drug dealers are doing. They're giving it to people who want it. Right? <laughs> no, it's true. But it was a, so actually so that that conference was actually a big alcohol scene. So every night there was a major happy hour. Um, yeah, no, it's it, we now know that alcohol is way way worse for you than pot. Oh yeah. Um, and and that pot was actually made illegal, of course, because. Um, uh, with the end of prohibition, they needed some way to crack down on minorities, and that was the excuse they came up with. You've heard that story, right? It's, yeah, it's a yeah, it's a major uh, piece yeah. of history. I, I I don't. I mean, I totally agree. Alcohol is way worse, and I think I think the majority of people understand that. Even even the people that are still uh, not legalizing marijuana understand that. Yeah, but at the same time, just because. You know it's safe to cross the road in the middle. It's jaywalking 
I mean, you do it. No, so this, so obviously there, <laughs> there's always this problem about laws. It's also the problem with all habits, whether it be an individual's habit or a social habit. That is, the norms were yesterday's best guess at how to keep things working. And the best guess from yesterday can turn out to be a terrible guess today. Things turn around. So, for example, we used to be able to hold cultures together through Christianity. There's all sorts of corruption in it, but it, you could say that there were eras in the past when Christianity did more benefit than harm. But these days, in the hands of the evangelicals, it has become licensed to do unbelievable harm. Um, yeah. And so this is the this is the problem with all these norms and all these laws. That is a law that might have helped before might be harming now. So when do you break with that? That's that question about the spirit of the law versus the letter. Yeah, and so that's kind of what I was getting there. Because yeah, you're you're jumping in like I see. I did it. I did it. I committed a crime. But like I I guarantee you 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 casually brushed over doing acid. And I don't know where that's legal. <laughs> oh, it's it's almost know. legal in California now, or at least psilocybin is getting that way. And and one of the reasons why is that there, there's all this evidence that it treats um, mental disorders better than other, way better than other drugs and other therapies. So um, not not in every case, but there's a few drugs that are coming up the pike like that, ketamine, uh, uh, psilocybin. Out here in Silicon Valley, a lot of people are microdosing LSD these days. Um, you know, these are high-level people, and yet... Yeah, they, yeah. Not as California. This is not Texas. Uh, I'm not, like, I'm not trying to, you know, yuck anybody's yum up here with uh, saying, you know, what you're into is, is bad or good or anything No, like I know. I, I wouldn't count on that from you. But let me ask you this. Um, was taking that soda the other day uh, a good thing or a bad thing overall? I don't think it matters. I think so. I think, a, so you raise an important point there. Though. So, uh, there's a whole bunch of stuff that turns out I would call it unmoral. I don't. It's not that it's immoral. It's just that it's not a moral issue. It's a question of preference. Um, yeah, it was an indifferent decision on my part, and I assume that you know they, you know, I've worked for a million different places. Profit and loss is like it's almost like a fictional number, and at a certain scale. And you could drop a cup on the ground, and they can't stick it back up on the counter and give it to somebody. They got to throw it away. Right. So, no, the dunnage dunnage is true, and yet, at, and yet, so this gets to um, where do you draw the line? Um, is a is a fundamental question. Um, so where you draw the lines on things like dunnage or or loss a, is a is a big to, issue. Liable. It is. So to, in order to draw a line like that, though, you and I think about this sometimes, like as far as like where can you apply. Because you can't really make a rule book. You can never make it. No, a I agree with book. you. I agree with you. That's that's kind of fundamental in my work. And yet, the so you you can't. There is no clear place to draw the line, and yet the line matters. Yeah. And so I don't know if like the the boundary just needs to be, we kind of figure out a rough boundary and then just always be flexible as needed. But then who do you who do you allow to make that flexibility? Because there's got to be people in charge. Like, right. uh, for example, this this court case that I, yep. it was a it was a traffic ticket more or less. Uh, it's kind of BS. I think I should be let off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you would, wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> I've got an argument for why I don't think I should have to pay nine hundred dollars. No, right on. So. I, I, I'm sure you do. There is a um, there's a great podcast by another Berkeley guy, Michael Lewis. You know this guy? He wrote he did uh, he wrote Moneyball. That got turned into oh, a movie, yeah. all that sort of stuff. 
He's got a podcast about players wanting to be the umpire in the games they're playing, what I call trump firing. All these systems are really crude. I, in addition to my PhD, I have a master's in public policy. And one of the things they say is um, uh, you want to draw hard lines, but the problem is the hard lines are impossible. To The, the harder your line, the more impossible it is to imp, uh, implement or enforce. Here's another influence right now I'm really worried about is that we have an asshole cult that's really building in popularity right now. Um, what's that going to do to future generations? Uh, there's going to be a bunch of asshole wannabes out there who just want to flaunt the law and pretend that they represent the law. They are the unless we stop them now. Unless we stop them now, and right, right. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, acid. <laughs> okay. <laughs> How much acid have you done? I did. I did someone. I was uh, young um, before the age of. I probably did maybe six doses before the age of uh, 18. Um, and then I've done it probably three or five, four times since then. Now, beyond acid, like, I mean, have you done like mescaline, shrooms? Oh, no, I've all done that all stuff? that stuff. I've done ayahuasca, I've done ketamine, I've done all that stuff. But none, of, I've never done cocaine. I've never, uh, uh, I've taken E once or twice. So, see, for, I'm a philosopher, I work in ideas. And in a way, I'm stoned all the time. That is, I'm working on the kinds of... I, when, when I taught psych, the kids would get stoned in my college psych courses, and they assumed I was too. No, I would never teach stoned. That's not, that's, <laughs> that's not what I do. But they said, you talk like someone who's stoned. Because I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm basically sitting on the front porch of the universe speculating about it and us in it. That's what stoners do. And... Um, which means that when I've done those altered mind-altering drugs later on in my life, it's not like they took me someplace else. It was just me doing more of my work under the under a different influence. It was the same as when I drank alcohol in Russia. Um, so you never stripped off your clothes and ran naked to the desert? No, I had what? one bad trip at around 16 that was that kind of self-consciousness, uh, feeling of loneliness, uh, fear of missing out, all of that sort of stuff. Um I had an interesting one. I took ayahuasca. I was scheduled to take ayahuasca the day that Michael, uh, that Kavanaugh got it, uh, got into um, uh, into office. Um, you say scheduled? You were scheduled to take it? Yeah, you. That's one that's better taken in collections of people. Um, oh, okay. So okay. I, yeah. So yeah, I'm in. I'm in with a bunch of people, and I've taken this drug on a day when I think no, we're this, we're fucked is basically what I was thinking when I thought about how that guy yeah. got in and what was going on. Um, That's disturbing. Yeah. So that was a, that was a dark and sober trip, but it didn't, it wasn't like I lost my mind or lost my sense of self. Um, by now that's really solid. I came away with an idea that has been important to me ever since I call it the dissociation death spiral. Oh, no, I had a really bad trip on mushrooms one uh, on peyote one time. It was it was really bad and then turned really good. That was a Scott. Good. Have you ever done peyote? Of course. No. Oh, I, oh no. I sorry, 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 sorry. That's right. So yeah. So I did peyote in peyote meetings, which is a, a Native American church. You'd enter a teepee at night um, uh, with a group of other people, and you'd be in there from 10, a, 10 p.m. to 10 a.m. And there's a whole ritual around it. And for the first part of it, I just. This was in the middle of a midlife crisis. I was, everything in my life was just falling apart. 
I was probably about 38 at the time. Is that right? No. Now, it, I, I, yeah, 38, 38-ish, yeah. For for a lot of Native, Native American uh, cultures and stuff, it's they have certain... Um, legality loopholes that that's right so no no i was so, so i was part of that scene so that's right it was it was a religious sacrament basically in that i know but i mean i have a card that says i'm a native american it's got my certificate degree of indian blood there you go and i am a i'm a registered member with the cherokee nation fabulous but i, I mean that. i could probably i could probably find whatever loophole that would allow me to participate with peyote. that's right and also yeah or, but, or but, could, yeah but do you have that card? No, no, no. I'm no in that sense. No, but I'm also just, I was going to do no harm. I mean, I was in the, <laughs> actually. It's not about the harm. It's not about the harm. I'm just no, no, no. no just, yes, that's right. On the question of legality, yes, it turns out I came on the show like 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 all sorts of uh, people who like themselves. I thought I'd never uh, had done crimes, and it turns out I've just done shit tons of them. I've done all sorts yeah. of crimes, <laughs> but they're all these kind of crimes. So. Yeah, I've never done any hills now. So I mean, I don't. I barely, as far as drugs go. I mean, I I was on opiates for a long period of time after a work related. Well, that that's that could be serious. What? It was. I, I, I got pretty hooked. Was on it? it yeah. Was it time. hell getting off it? Yeah, it was. It actually led. It increased the amount I drink, and I'm still drinking too much today. That's so, right. yeah, it's all it's a roller coaster with them, and it all started with a, a broken neck. Oh man, that, uh, yeah, that would, and and did it all start with a broken neck, or did it all start with something reckless you did that gave you a broken neck? Well, I mean, if you're talking about no, I was at work. It was a work-related injury. Yeah, I, I guess it was reckless in the fact that I had like two sections of scaffold with a ladder stacked on top of it, so it was oh, unsafe man. work conditions. <laughs> I would, if I had two columns, I would definitely put that one in the uh, in the less responsible column. <laughs> It was a tripod ladder, too. It didn't have four legs. It only had three. <laughs> oh, that's so bad. Now, we're discovering all sorts of stuff. I burnt down a school in the poorest village in oh. in Guatemala. So, so... Okay. Do you think you have a lot of friends that have event- that eventually trans- transitioned over to Trumpism? Like people no. that you thought were one way? No, I know. I, I, have, to, I have to preserve them because I don't have that many. I'm in Berkeley. You know, we we are no, I, I we're that. under 100 percent compliance on vaccines. We're totally we're we. You know, this town has more Nobel Prize winners than Russia. Uh, this one little town of 50,000 people. This is yeah. a highly educated I, place. I've just wondered about because I mean, I I I basically dropped all anybody that would have been like that. I, I had started dropping them from my life within the past five years, maybe before then, probably ten years. Yeah, I, I, I can't to... hold on to them for long, but I have to have. Yeah, I just wrote a book on psychoproctology. I have, I needed a whole lot of practice dealing with trolls because I'm claiming that I have some ideas about how you can make it costly to be an asshole. So for that, I needed to do a whole lot of experimenting. I, yeah, so then you got to hold on to your assholes to, to understand. Ex- what... Yeah, up for, for a while. If you say anything I don't understand or don't want to understand. You must be wrong. I call it the mind fit fallacy, as if reality was supposed to, it has to be designed to the customer's mind. That is, if it's more than I can think about uh, or want to think about, then it must be irrelevant, important, uh, unimportant, or stupid. So, um, obviously, you've done a million drugs, but. Not a million. Yeah. Not a million. It's a hundred thousand, dude. <laughs> but, and, you know, we. No, it wasn't illegal when you burned down the school. It was just unfortunate. 
And but, the turds was also not illegal, but it not was. illegal. No, I mean, I you do seem to have a fascination with the asshole and what comes out of it. I guess, <laughs> but well, uh, not a crime. Not a crime. I, I actually don't think I'm anal retentive uh, or anything like that, or anally fixated from a Freudian sense. I do have a bidet. I strongly recommend them. So during all of your escapades out there while you're living it up, yeah. the high life, yeah, obviously the nuclear plant thing had to be some sort of trespassing is what they grabbed you for, right? Yeah, or obstructing uh, commerce or something. I don't know what it was. And we had lawyers for the whole group. It was a whole... I mean, it was really, it was a thousand person party. I made good friends there. And so a lot of what we talk about on the show less has less to do with the morality of what people consider crimes. It's mostly just acknowledging that everybody's out there having committed crimes. You can't, I mean, John Lewis has been arrested or had been arrested, you know, but he's an amazing person. Martin Luther King had been arrested. Amazing person. So, I mean, you can't, lots of people get arrested and commit crimes. But they, yeah. Yeah, they and they're it. selective about it. It's, it's very different from the Smokey uh, and the Bandit. Uh, yeah, uh, so uh, what I was wondering, like, with the trespassing or whatever it was on the nuclear plant, have you done have, anywhere else? You, you ever protested? No, I mean, no, I, and, but the only reason I haven't done that is because I didn't think it was that effective. Oh, okay. Did you ever sell drugs? No, I I would pass them on at um, at okay. cost to buddies, but um, no. No, there are plenty of people who think I'm an asshole. I get hate mail every week. I also get a whole <laughs> yeah. lot of fan mail. Um, yeah, well, I mean, you, it would happen, regard because I mean, you, you seem to lean pretty far left. Now we're coming up on Halloween. Did you ever do any pranks like that when you were a kid? Any toilet no. paper and kicking pumpkins? No, let's see. Um, oh, here's something. When I went to the Berkeley School of Public Policy for my master's degree. There was a classroom that was called the Blue Room, and it had no blue in it at all. It was called Blue Room for some reason. It was the main classroom we were all studying in. So one night, me and another student went in and painted a big swimming pool blue line all around the room and put on it, uh, don't swim after eating, or 30 feet, or shallow end, or deep end. Um, Yeah, I got punished for that. um, But that was a college prank. You know, it's a, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was that's as close as I've been, and and people loved it. It actually got into an academic journal that the, that yeah. that these kids had done. It was it was for fun. You're it's supposed to do that in school in college. <laughs> I mean, that's what they all you know. You fork someone's yard. You don't. You're not trying to hurt them, but you're still vandalizing. You're still trespassing or that's whatever right. yeah, the case right. may be. So I never did, but I <laughs> but I not and I haven't done that to strangers or any of that. Okay, I'm gonna tell you one real quick that I did, and I don't, you can tell me your thoughts on it. Um, so when I was about 15, uh, it was around Halloween, me and some friends were walking down this alley and we were kind of egging each other on and we were acting like we were going to throw a stick through this window, the back window of this house. Uh huh. And so I grabbed the stick and I did, I threw it through the window. I busted it out the stranger's house window and then we all freaked out and took off running. The following year, we're all walking around on Halloween. We're walking down that same alley. One of my other friends grabbed a stick and threw it through that same window. And then we all freaked out and ran. And then another year goes by. And it happened a third time with a different friend. And and uh, and this time did you get caught or you never get caught? Nobody ever got caught. No, we always broke this window every year and all ran. Never. I don't know who these people are. I still to this day. <laughs> so I do have one question about it. So I'm guessing it's kind of thrilling to do that stuff, right? 
I was doing it for more peer pressure. Like I was trying to be the wildest guy in the bunch. Right. So that's what I mean. There is. A... So I, I believe in that stuff. I, I believe we need to do that. I think of it like dog play fighting. We need the practice being badasses. And so I'm really interested in how to do that. And I really do think that video games are part of the solution. I really believe in virtual vice. That is every kid's got to get their yayas out that way. Um, especially the boys, but not exclusively and increasingly not exclusively. There's a bunch of, there's a bunch of, uh, you know, there, there are women who are playing that game too. Now young girls who are playing that game. Um, but we need them to be able to do it safely. So I call it optimal illusion um, or strategic gullibility. If you can be a badass offline, um, then uh, you maybe don't have to do it online. And by online, I mean in the real world. I don't mean online like online computers. If you can do it, if you can do it in private or in safe spaces, then you don't have to do it out in the real world. I think it's crucial to prevention of assholes. Like I've been to a Trump rally. I had to go because you, you know be, seeing fascism up close was on my bucket list. Um, I swear that thing was just like a meth, uh, a metal concert. Um, everybody gets cosplayed up. They get all their, they get dressed up. They go out. They chant along with lyrics that they're not paying attention to. They just sound badass. The only difference between a Trump rally and let's say NASCAR or a biker rally or all that is that after the Trump rally, people get in their car and they think they've seen something more real than reality. After the other thing, everybody goes back to their car. It's like after you masturbate, you zip up your pants and you get back to reality. After um, after a metal concert, you get back to your car and you go back and face reality. That's the difference that I think makes a difference. I don't think it's about how far out you go, about whether you remember to come back. Yeah, yeah. Well, Trump was just a real estate guy, and when I was breaking that window, he didn't influence me. No, no, no. That's right. No, that's right. No, no. I know. No, I know he didn't. But 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 that badassery's been around since at least the fifties. <laughs> If not earlier. I mean, certainly the 20s was full of a whole lot of badassery. All right. Well, it was really fun having you on the show. Um, yeah, sorry, Scott lost his connection. But, yeah, we'll uh, have this episode out here. To, it'll probably be out next week, honestly. We usually put it out on Thursdays. Sounds good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you just let me know when it gets out there. Okay. All right. All right. Well, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having right. me. Take care, man. All right, bye. Bye-bye. You too. Bye. And we're back. All right. So that was Dr. Mario. I don't know how long that episode was, but I, you missed probably more than half of it. <laughs> <laughs> now, like we said, I don't think he was malicious or anything like that. I'm sure his friends find him delightful. Um, I hopefully edited that down well enough that you were like, okay, interesting, nice guy. Got the gist of whatever, promoted his book, the end. <laughs> I, but, you know, I will say right off the bat, he was a little pretentious. Yeah. I mean, I didn't think about it till later, and it may not even be in the finished version, but he said, he made a comment like, uh, yeah, I don't have a lot of crime stories. I'm from Berkeley. All the people that live here yeah. have PhDs and, uh, yeah, write thesis all day. I'm like, you think fucking people with PhDs can't commit crimes? 
There's a... <laughs> oh, once you get to a certain education level, you just can't commit a crime. Pinky's out. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, when he was talking about his island adventure, like, he was talking about drugs. And you even pointed out, like, well, drugs are illegal. And he's like, yeah, 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 yeah. But this meeting was... Yeah. Some of the smartest minds. Yeah, I'm going. I'm going. I'm going around passing out drugs to the smartest people. Yeah, you're distributing, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, like you kept trying to be like, okay, you're you are telling a story that involves crime, but you're not talking about the crime. You're talking about how fucking hoity-toity this island is, yeah. and who owns it. And who else was there? And me and Jeff Bezos were sipping wine. <laughs> He's a criminal too. God damn it. Oh man. And then yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I went to this Jeffrey Epstein Island for a blind date. Yeah, yeah. But on the plane right there. We read poetry the whole time. <laughs> no, and I've I've thought about this afterwards too. Because I mean I know the answer. Had he ever taken any of these drugs from one state to another? What did, yeah, yeah, he definitely had. He, we didn't ask, and we don't 100% know the answer, but he, like... Because he wouldn't fucking stay on topic long enough to tell us. <laughs> I know. I know. I felt like I was being hijacked by a fucking... Yeah. I don't even know. I don't know. Okay, I get it. You know, I I don't like Trump, and I think that the MAGA movement is garbage, and it's a problem with the country, etc., etc. Lots of those people are criminals, too. Fascinating how they are criminals, and really, if we go about it the right way, and you got some specifics to point out, we can talk about their crimes. But I don't need... And I call this the gastro-criminal tract... (laughs) Oh my god, and I call this, this is a term I call That You should, when you're editing, you should just, on the out, on the fucking out song, just each break, him saying what he calls them. If I had a coin for every term he coined. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Well, I mean... I'm gonna play a. I'm gonna play the coin noise that Mario gets every time he. <laughs> every time he t- turns a coin, we're gonna hear that coin sound. <laughs> oh my god! And so yeah, and so but that, it was a bit asshole like to be to act at a little above you know, yeah, like oh, yeah. You know, it was almost like I'm a little bit better than you guys. Uh, I don't, I can't really relate down to your level. You did all the crime. You, you did the most drugs of almost any guest ever on here. Yeah. yeah, and, yeah. Uh, they've only been legal for a short period of time. So 90% of your life, they were illegal. Yeah. But, no, he was a nice guy. And he, <laughs> <laughs> he, I do, but while I say I align with him politically, part of me is like, maybe there's something to that QAnon. <laughs> God. God damn. <laughs> is this what we sound like? Fuck. <laughs> uh, no, don't. No. no. Because when we bring it up, it's, it's something recent that some buffoon on the Republican Party did or whatever, you know, like, it's something current event. Not our first book plug. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sounds like book plug. It did. <laughs> uh, I'm sure he's probably got 
he had a fascination with anuses. Every yeah. coin he, <laughs> every term he coined was a fucking anus reference. <laughs> and the first crime he told, which wasn't even a crime, which I award-winning story. Yeah, was, uh... <laughs> you held two turds in your hand when you were a child. I mean, we were just talking the other day about how a couple of your family oh, members I... when yes. they were kids, like Plato, smashed their poops into like roughly car shapes. So they can flush them at the same time and race them down yeah. the toilet. Like, with poo-poo is not award-winning. <laughs> I want to clarify. You guys did not hear that he actually had a reason for burning down that school. It was an accident. I edited it out. <laughs> and I haven't edited this episode yet. I just know it's funnier to not hear him explain how he burned down the school. <laughs> It was an accident. It was an accident. The end. Like, the drug stuff was real short and simple answers. Like, yeah, I burned down a church. And if you can just edit it. Yeah. That's what it's going to... That's what I have to do. I'm going to edit down to just the... the yeah, I burnt... Because <laughs> we cracked up, right, when he said he burned down a school. I don't even have my engineering degree, and I made this... It was amazing for them. And they... <laughs> they, they were... <laughs> drinking doo-doo water so out of an anus i want to clarify i carried i carried a doo-doo in each hand over to them <laughs> just so you guys are aware scott is making a reference with his hands like he's holding t- <laughs> like he's holding two doo-doos <laughs> oh man so there you go uh anything else you want to say about dr mario <laughs> yeah i do <laughs> <laughs> No, just talking, like when I did the hand gesture thing, I just remembered him like, he's claiming that like half of the school, everybody that attended his class walked around the halls doing, just holding their fucking hands up to each other because of this. It's a Rudy story. It's Rudy, only with Dookie. Oh my God. <laughs> uh... <laughs> when, he, when he walks into the school, they all start slow dancing. <laughs> Dookie, Dookie. <laughs> He's the fucking hero of Berkeley. <laughs> oh my god. 100% vaccination rate. They're better than us. <laughs> better than us in every way. Oh my god. No, really, really. I mean, I'm. it didn't make me question my political beliefs. <laughs> but it did make me sympathize some with people of a different political belief being like, no, I get it. <laughs> I get some of it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Maybe socialism is bad. No. <laughs> I have a friend in North Carolina that, you know, while the election and everything was happening, we'd talk on the phone and yeah, I was, I was getting worked up and I'd bring it up and he's like, yeah, that's cool, man. I, I just don't care. And I'm like, you've got to care. We have to make a difference. And, yeah, he definitely like, yeah, that wasn't cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. I'll tell you this also. Here's another thing. Okay, We're not, I'm not going to drop it just yet. I, I found the most interesting part of the whole conversation that we had with him. The very most interesting part. I mean, we could have made it more interesting if he had delved into the drug bit a little bit better. But the story he started to tell about the son that he's estranged from. 
I thought that started to become interesting. I wanted to go down that rabbit because you know. Yeah, I I even tried to bring it back. Like, oh, was your son the asshole? Yeah, on this, and or? I mean, because I I really, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> There's two sides to all stories, and right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and Doctor Mario here is getting like, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm not saying we're beating him up. Him talking about his son's situation seemed fairly rehearsed. Yeah, though. I don't know. But, you know, I don't want to go into a nature versus nurture discussion. <laughs> no, it's going to be an award-winning interview because I'm going to edit it down to fucking... Yeah, people are going to fucking listen to that shit over and over. It's going to be the squid game of podcasts. So, <laughs> I think... <laughs> Maybe, uh, you know, just have fun with it and come up with multiple short versions and you can play, like, option yeah. ones. Oh, maybe it can be threes. a choose-your-own-adventure. Do you want to hear the boring version? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Cho- Click to this yeah. many minutes. And, uh, yeah, that'd be, that'd be really funny, actually, to have one where he says absolutely nothing <laughs> about the crime setting it. And you can record, like, so have you ever uh, vandalized anything? I burned down a school in Haiti. <laughs> oh, yeah. Have you ever done millions of drugs? No, not millions. Just thousands. I haven't been sober in 40 years. <laughs> but Okay, so he starts to talk about... and I mean, every time his story, it's like, yeah, I was hanging out with this fucking... I was on the island of uh, fucking... Dr. Moreau... Yeah, yeah, I was with Dr. Moreau, and it was a 19 dickity do. And you remember we were at war with Libyans back then, and yeah, you know, whatever. Going through each of his stories, he had to tell the the history and who he was and how it related, and somehow, yeah, he was a poet and etc. And then, like, it's like, oh, and everybody accepted me into their lives, and I'm like, and I was hanging out with these indigenous people when a in a teepee and. Yeah, we were all smoking peyote. Okay. It was like reading J.R.R. Tolkien. <laughs> okay. It was kind of, yes. Yes, it was. <laughs> like he was creating a fantasy world out of fucking real people. <laughs> uh, and I bring it up. I'm Native American. I mean, yeah, you have a CDIB card. So I mean, yeah. he didn't say, oh, I got one too. When I mentioned it, he didn't say, oh, yeah, I got one. <laughs> he was like, oh. <laughs> He was trying to justify, because he kept trying to blow past all the drug use. He kept trying to blow past all the drug use like it wasn't crimes. Well, just because you fucking yeah. hang out with a Native American friend and get high with them, and it's it's a part of their culture, and they're engaging in a ceremony or whatever, doesn't mean you, white man, wandering into the tent to get high is somehow, somehow right. illegal and also makes you cool. You know, <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like saying, oh... It's cool for me. I got a black friend. <laughs> I mean, we've avoided talking about him pretty much until we recorded this. And I gotta be honest, I'm starting to really dislike the guy. <laughs> oh, I want to be honest too, man. The next, the next morning, I woke up at like 4 a.m. and I was thinking about him. <laughs> I was getting pretty mad. <laughs> and I couldn't go back to sleep for like two hours. <laughs> I was thinking about all the shit I was going to say when we recorded. <laughs> you were just like laying in bed white knuckled and as soon as your wife woke up, you're like, hey, do you want to know what else that motherfucker said? 
Oh, man. You know, okay. <laughs> it's only because of how, like, it's the pretent- the pretentious approach to it all. And the fact that he, yeah. The, like you keep saying, the hoity-toity, like, yeah. I'm sure. That works for some people. You know, we if I, I've done a lot of drugs, too. And I didn't get to jet set across the world getting high with, you know, indigenous people in Africa while I built them a water fountain. (laughs) If I got high with indigenous people, uh, it was regular people around the corner from me on my block. And I would have got arrested if I got caught. You know, it's not the same for everybody. And, yeah, I have, you know, plenty of friends who have, yeah... I have doctor friends too, you know, uh, but they're regular. <laughs> they're not the regular people and they don't go around talking like, it's almost like that. I told a story a while back where that guy, uh, I was going to go do some work for him and he asked me how much I charge. And then he said, Oh, you charge a hundred dollars an hour. I only make $40 an hour and I'm a doctor. It's exactly the <laughs> same. It's like saying, I'm better than you. How come I don't make as much money? You know, yeah. so I was like, I don't know. You're committing crimes. You, you you did all the drugs. And if the world were fair and equal, you could have, you would have got caught smuggling drugs on this island and they would have got you for trafficking and you would have that on your record. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't want to. Uh, I almost feel exhausted now beating him up. Uh, this guy probably had stories. He just didn't understand what the hell the show was and didn't understand. I mean, you for someone so bright, you sure aren't getting the fucking point, you know? <laughs> but whatever. Yeah, uh, he didn't do anything malicious. Uh, we got that because he tried to justify why it was. It's not a crime if he doesn't think it's wrong. So. Yeah, he didn't do anything. He was never out to hurt anybody or anything like that. Whether, you know, his trafficking drugs all over the world hurt anybody. He wasn't a bad guy. He just didn't... Uh, he just didn't get the show. I mean, we're, we're being pretty harsh. And he was a decent guy, really. Uh, check out his book. You know, definitely read up. Re- read the opinions. that You know, I cut out a lot of it. So read the opinions and, and deep dives on that to find out more. Especially if you're into political stuff. Uh, but we were being a bit harsh, but it's all in good fun. You know, this is a comedy podcast, so so if anything came across unintentionally mean, my bad. But <laughs> yeah, you know, it was, uh, yeah, he was, he was, he had some interesting opinions, and so maybe it's not for everybody, but you know, don't let that stop stop you from checking into his work. All right, so that was our guest, Doctor Mario. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I'm sure this is, has to have been done on other podcasts and stuff, but I do want to make sure that everybody is aware that if you don't share this episode with at least seven people in the next seven days, that the grudge will get you. So there's that. Very. I didn't know anything about this bit, and it's. I, I know that you did it on purpose, but it's really hard for me not to correct that. <laughs> correct it. No. What is it? No. The the the, the, the boy from the ring. <laughs> do you do that because of how much I like the ring? <laughs> I'm, just, I'm really bad at pulling facts out of the air when I'm trying to think fast. 
Oh, it's the girl from the ring. That's the seven day video. <laughs> but it's, I don't know. I think the grudge flowed smoother. Either way, you're going to be haunted by It Follows if you don't fucking have sex with somebody and share this episode. <laughs> Talk about this episode <laughs> while having sex. Something's <laughs> going to get you. It's going to be somehow mysterious and spooky. Share the episode. <laughs> Something. Anything else will get them? I don't know. VHS? That's a thing. <laughs> I think it'd be more of a segment on one of the VHS tapes okay. that somebody would find and then, yeah. Okay. And the Blair Witch, she's out there. She'll make you stand in a corner if you don't share this mm-hmm. share this fucking episode. Mm-hmm. Share, share the episode. <laughs> <laughs> or you will be harmed. Or you'll be sent to the corner. <laughs> Okay, and beyond that, um, make sure you like and subscribe, share the episode, or be cursed. Um, you know, a lot of people take those chain emails pretty serious. <laughs> they're they? they're dummies, but they take them serious. <laughs> I've had people share like, "Oh, you got to share this with ten people, or you're gonna fucking stub your toe." <laughs> so yeah, Did you stub your toe. I, I didn't share it. I I don't know. I stub my toe all the time. <laughs> Mm. <laughs> fuck before or after <laughs> I don't know man <laughs> I stub my toe once a week every since ever since yeah I mean that's why I don't get on Facebook anymore <laughs> cause that's where I got all my curses <laughs> that's where they all oh, no. they were all shared with me actually they were probably all shared with me on MySpace but either way share the episode like and subscribe or you'll stub your toe you can find us on Social media is at true.criminals.podcast. You can certainly share your, your Wuhan memes there. <laughs> you can email us at truecriminalsjailpod at gmail.com. I'm Eric. And I'm Scotty. Oh, and if you want to hear us talk about some Halloween stuff, stay, <laughs> stay for after. But this was True Criminals. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, once you get to a certain education level, you just can't commit a crime. Pinky's out. (laughs) I do a whole lot of work on a kind of criminality that I call psychoproctology. Psychopathy beyond narcissism. It's something else. I call it trumpotic. Um, That is, it's robotically playing fake trump cards. They just want to be that kind of perfectly safe and perfectly free. I call it the wild card trump card formula. Players wanting to be the umpire in the games they're playing, what I call trump All these systems are really crude. I, in addition to my PhD, I have a master's in public policy, and I came away with an idea that has been important to me ever since. I call it the dissociation death spiral. If you say anything I don't understand or don't want to understand, you must be wrong. I call it the mind fit fallacy. So I call it optimal illusion. Okay.
Are we are we talking about Halloween stuff? I had I wanted to run through some alien stuff while we got my, Oh yeah. My computer's gonna die, but I will I got sixteen percent, so we can, we can knock out a few minutes. So we were talking about it last night. Um aliens. So yeah. I, I only I mean I was really thinking about it. I think like, Mars Attacks is like the only movie where there's aliens that you can actually imagine them like piloting a ship and having engineers in their group and like, Oh, and we built these little things. <laughs> Even like independence yeah. day, the aliens are big tentacle monsters with giant heads. And I'm like, who, I mean, there's some alien nation. Okay. Okay. Under the skin. Yeah. Yeah. But most, most movies though, like we were talking about critters, the critters, I, I yeah. watched critters just a few days ago. They're little spiky monsters, yet they can pilot a ship. They were on a prison. Like, they have a community. They're techno- technologically advanced. It's just, I don't know. Or you mentioned signs. That guy's stuck behind the door, gets his fingers <clears throat> chopped off, and then decides to track down Mel Gibson through a coal chute. And I'm like, I don't know. I, the plot holes, I know we forgive them. But <laughs> at the same time, I'm like... E.T. even. I'm like, really? Are his parents somehow more sophisticated than him? Or are they just... Man- <laughs> I can't picture them piloting shit. What about uh, Mac and me? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, anatomically, they look like they could do it. But they also look like they're constantly just going... Duh. Yeah, yeah. Drinking <laughs> fucking cola out of a straw and slobbering on themselves somehow capable of interstellar space flight. And I hate how there's like uh, like in alien movies and stuff there's like no distinction really. They all just look like that. Like what? Just a tall goofy? However they look. Oh yeah. yeah. Like critters. They all look the same. And they're all naked too. I'm like really? You don't need like okay you you built a ship because you know you gotta you gotta be in space and you can't just fly like Superman through space. Well, Adam and Eve wasn't on their planet to eat the forbidden fruit and develop modesty. Yeah, I suppose. But what about what? <laughs> what if they have to do a spacewalk and do some repairs outside? Right. What about some goggles? <laughs> I mean, something. Yeah, that's what the the, the the creatures from Signs come down and they're naked. All right. I mean, well. Yeah, like Mars Attack, actually. They hang out on the ship, naked, pretty much. But they put on clothes and shit to go outside. So, yeah. Okay, signs. They don't know that water hurts them because they didn't do any sort of research. They decided, we're going to come down here and take over because we're fucking awesome. I mean, the moisture in the air should have just fucked them up the moment they stepped out. But, like, apparently a knife will cut off your fingers, so a bullet will definitely fuck you up. A bat kills you, so... You're just walking around fucking naked, man? <laughs> <laughs> How about just a loose-flowing cloak so that we get a little yeah. bit confused while we're trying to hit you? <laughs> oh, fuck. I, I, maybe they're like, we're going to be naked the whole time. <laughs> we're invisible the whole time. Yeah, yeah. I, we just want... Like the uh, graduate that doesn't wear clothes under his room. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Yeah. It's all a joke to him. I just think if you had a fucking Batman cloak on, a cape and cowl, you'd be like, you might whiff a few when you're swinging away. 
Because <laughs> you're like, oh shit, I hit nothing but cape there. Man, you know what I just realized is fucking dumb? It's been a long time since I've seen Independence Day. I wasn't a fan of it when I did. But the big tentacly monsters aren't actually the alien. There's a little alien inside their head. What? Oh. Right? Oh, been a long... They're like piloting the big monstrous thing. But also like when Will Smith punches one in the face because that works. Yeah. It was one of the big tentacly ones in a ship. So it should. So it was like it, a little alien in a big suit. Got knocked out. In a ship. Yeah, it'd be the same as if I walked up and punched your car and you got knocked out. <laughs> <laughs> Independence Day. I like it even less now. Okay, so yeah, I just wanted to go over some alien stuff. Uh, the tentacle things also like uh, I watched the thing and. Okay, the thing, he can look like anything. And when he looks like anything, he he can also just completely adapt it. He has, I assume, has their memories and everything because he can talk, he can reference stuff. Oh, yeah, pass me a cup of coffee, etc. Why, why don't they, like, at certain points when they realize it, why don't they try talking to him? Or why didn't the thing try talking back to them? Yeah, or try to be scary or something. Yeah. Like Every time they're died here or something. Every time they realize it, it realizes it's busted, it's like better revert back to my tentacle form. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you just tried for an hour to convince me that you were human. Now we realize you're not, and you're just gonna tentacle out and then fucking slither away. <laughs> At the end of the the remake type prequel, she gets out of this snowmobile and it's like, Hey, you know how I realized you were human? Uh, because of your earring. And then he reaches up and realizes he doesn't have the earring in anymore. And she's like, yeah, it was in the other ear too. And then he's like, Oh no, busted. And then she like flame throws him. And I'm like, you have the flamethrower on him. He's busted. Why don't you talk to him up for a second? Like, <laughs> just, yeah. so why doesn't he try and get some information? Yeah. What's up? I know you're a fucking tentacle monster, man. Why didn't you just, like, try to reason a little bit? You, you obviously were able to adapt and understand a lot of what we got going on. You could have tricked your way off the island. So, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I mean, I still like all these movies. <laughs> like we said, we were dogging on signs last night. and it's But it's one of my favorite <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's a really good movie. I mean, as, as far as, like... I, I know, like, uh, nobody was abducted in signs, but, it, like, there's, like, the creature alien movies and the abducted alien movies. Yeah. Yeah. No, and I thought signs was really creepy the first time I saw it. Probably even... Oh, yeah, it's super atmospheric. Yeah. So, no, it's it's a good one. I definitely like it. And, yeah, I mean, I like the story and the stuff and, and the aliens in it, too. And, all that, and I like the swing away and the water being put everywhere and all that stuff but if i i mean if i gotta start picking stuff apart it's a lot like our guest dr mario <laughs> if you really focus in on it you really... well, once you pull a thread it just starts to unravel <laughs> oh, man. okay what about uh what, what uh contact contact i liked contact a little bit if they're talking about the old jody foster one no, 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 no. Oh, you're talking about the new one where the time's a flat circle and the aliens are in the mist and they're communicating with that... Yeah, yeah. Is it Amy Adams? And, like, 
yeah, yeah. Once she uh, learns their language, she can like it, re- she pretty much understands the universe. Yeah, yeah. I really liked that as a concept. I just they were big tentacly monsters, were. but like the fog room, yeah, like it was new, <laughs> but like. Are there controls through the mist? Uh, yeah. Is it all just like a, they mentally control their ship? Is that is it called Contact? I don't remember what it's called. Or was it Arrival? Arrival. It's called Arrival. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I. Uh, I don't know. I mean, they had. They at least seemed controlled. They were shooting ink like squids onto the glass to to yeah. to spell. So they had a lot of. A lot of body control, man. <laughs> yeah. They can puke through their legs while shitting at the same time. <laughs> but they also, I mean, they moved it pretty much telepathically. Yeah, yeah, so I, that's fine. So I imagine that's probably how they pilot their ship. And I was thinking that earlier when I was talking about E.T. I was like, yeah, well, you seem like a goober, but you can move shit with your mind, so I guess you could just, you know, cable, mind control, or whatever, like your X-Men, just putting all the pieces together. So yeah, I'm, okay, it all makes sense now. <laughs> no, I mean, there's still big tentacle monsters that don't make sense as far as flying with chips. Yeah, but no. So the, uh, in Arrival, and I liked that one too. Uh, it's a little slow paced, and I I do have some problems with when the things are like, oh, it's just a you just thought about it. Now you're omnipotent. And you can remember time forward and backwards in a weird way. I like the story, though. I mean, if I think too deep yeah. about it, I have to like start being like, yeah, whatever. Jerk-off yeah. motion. I also really like the fourth kind. Yeah. I think that's really creepy. That one is really creepy. And I usually duh, wouldn't like that gimmick of like the split-screen, yeah. real-footage thing, but I think it was done really well. And like the part where... Uh, keep talking about the owls and then you realize it's just a bit gray i was like oh fuck yeah yeah and i think that's, that's genius well, i think that's directly like a, a reference to project blue book but um any alien recommendations movies you got anything you want to throw out there to anybody halloween season's up and we got another week or so to do your 31 days of halloween i've been staying pretty on top of it i've watched a I watched The Blob the other night. I watched... Which one? The original. Oh, nice. I mean, I watched Little Shop of Horrors last night. I've been... That's my favorite musical ever in the world. Yeah. I was going to throw it out as my reference for an alien movie. <laughs> yeah. No, it's great. The music in it is great. I was just like, oh. Suddenly Seymour. <laughs> oh, man. And just all the lines in there. The one, like... I'm beginning to think this guy's maybe not such a good guy for you. <laughs> She's like, that new eye makeup? She's got a black eye. <laughs> uh, good stuff. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, I really like Edley Spawn. I haven't seen that one. And uh, It's awesome. It's cheesy 80s, but... Uh, Deadly Spawn. Yeah. Okay. Is it available on Shutter or anything? I don't know. I haven't looked for it. Well, let me see. I have an app for that. Oh, Remember right. when people used to say that shit? It was like a joke you could say at the end of anything. You'd be like, oh, oh yeah. yeah. My fucking dick doesn't work. I think there's an app for that. 
<laughs> it's not that old a joke. It was like we we should make an app for randomly generated. There's an app for that jokes. I'm looking up your thing. An app for oh, like a random random generator joke, random joke generator. Yeah, but strictly there's an app. For that <laughs> well, the, the, the punchline <laughs> every time is there's an app for that. Yeah. So, are you telling me people won't download that app? Man, is that what you're trying to argue? I guess. <laughs> so they're gonna say, uh, they're gonna say, my dick don't work. <laughs> when you open up this randomly, random joke <laughs> generator, there's an app for that. <laughs> yeah. I suppose. I guess. I don't know. I, I've had, I've definitely had stupider apps. <laughs> um, oops. Yep. This is not available on anything streaming. It's the Deadly Spawn, nineteen eighty three. Looks like a monster has a thousand teeth. Okay. Well, once again, your movie selection is not available for streaming unless you purchase it. Sorry. Uh, well. Do better for werewolves. The, the kid in it actually <laughs> references the monster as the thing from beyond space. Oh. Uh, Little Shop of Horror is available on Hulu or Amazon or something because I watched it for free last night. Yeah. So. All right. Well, that was our Halloween corner for this week. Um, yeah. Dr. Mario. Tell your, <laughs> t- tell your friends. <laughs> Do do you have any doctor movie references? Yeah, uh, Doctor Giggles. Uh, <laughs> I haven't seen that movie. The dentist does that count? Um, I don't know. I haven't seen it. I'm, well, I mean, dentists are doctors, right? I DDS. I'm sure one of those D's stands for doctor. Doctor dentist stud. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't sound right. <laughs> doctor dentist Steve Martin. Maybe. <laughs> the Cabinet of Dr. Calgary? Oh, yeah, yeah. I watched that one. I was going to, because it's, it's got to be fair use because it's so old, I was going to use it to fill in the gaps in Jesus versus death. <laughs> Which is a movie that we made. <laughs> Look for it on streaming services soon. Once I've been editing